did any of you guys, you know, obviously Buffy, this is the 20th anniversary of the show, our characters Suspected that it would. I, I, I'm a Star Trek fan. I, I have been coming to conventions like I'm old, so I started coming to conventions at like 74. Uh, I was like 13 years old, uh, dressed as Spock. Awesome um, suit that my sister helped sew. Secondhand boots that look kind of like Star Trek. Did you have ears? I had, yeah, I had ears that I had a friend that was really good at makeup that made ears for my ears and a big blonde afro. That <laughs> <laughs> <I> was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the chicks dubbed me because I had a really good communicator. I was like, that was, that was awesome. Um, but like, uh, for me, like, watch this, I watched Star Trek over and over and over again. And even when I knew what the plot was going to do, even when I knew what all of the dialogue was, it was still a world that I wanted to go back to. And I kind of was hoping and kind of half suspected that we were making the same kind of thing. Or hoping that we did it. Yeah. as an actress I was just thinking kind of with the inside of the journey and really not thinking about any of the impacts it would have or other people watching it really so I didn't kind of think about any of that while doing it until getting to meet people and then sort of getting the feedback that people were really responding to it. And Mercedes? Um, well I was 16 when we started the journey so I was actually in high school um, and so I would go work to work and then some days I'd be my, I mean, my actual high school campus, so I could kind of feel that there was something percolating there. Um, but did I know 20 years later we'd be sitting on this couch? <laughs> Yes, 
Yeah, that's hard because there's a lot of really good ones. Uh, wow. Okay, this is a funny story. Um, uh, okay, I'm a punk rocker. Just that's my dad. So, so in Hollywood, you have to be deferential to the lead. That's just the culture. And so it's also like, oh, Sarah's on the set. Oh, hello, Sarah. Have my seat, Sarah. Like, get you a glass of tea, Sarah. And she's a totally cool person, but um, uh, as a subversive artist, like, the truth is that no human being is more important than any other human being. That's just the uh, universe. So, like, when I get around as a subversive layer on someone that is treated better than other people, I just want to rip it. Anyway, so there was this one day, uh, uh, they were, for reasons that I forget, they were, they were uh, I was on a hoop, and they were gonna put me 20 feet above the ground, like, and everyone was telling me all week that this is gonna be a really hard shoot, and it's gonna be very painful, and your back is probably gonna be torqued by it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I got into the rig, and they, they, the rig was such that it was a piece of cake, actually. It wasn't really hard at all, but I didn't tell anybody because I wanted everyone to think I was tough. <laughs> and so they hoisted me up there, and the first shot is over my shoulder onto Buffy's face, who's looking up at me. Sarah gets on her mark and she goes, Oh, I don't know, James, I think I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm hanging up there, and I'm like, Well, baby, it's your show. Big old trailer back there. You know, like that television with 150 million channels. Why don't you watch something? Relax, you work too long. <laughs> like back and forth until she finally gets angry enough to actually leave. <laughs> and then, and then uh, like all of her, her, like her makeup and her, the, the, her kind of group to follow her around, they come back to set immediately and try to talk me down. Like, Would you please come down, James? And I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and finally, it only took about 20 minutes. She, she finally came back. And she took her mark. She's like, I'm ready now. She was like, Well, if you're ready, we'll go. <laughs> so that was fun. quick ones. Uh, I would say first of all just I think season two in terms of working with James um, we always we would get the scripts and we had them in enough time in that period that we would actually get together. James is a theater actor, has a theater background as do I and so we would rehearse and we'd come in super prepared and, and it just made the work super fluid and fun and creative and we kind of did stuff that you don't usually get the chance to on television and I think a lot of that came from us getting together and, and television, what they call a rehearsal is really a camera rehearsal, like a blocking and you're basically moving around the space and then it's action and you're shooting and you're on to the next scene. So that was something that I just really treasured because I think we were able to sort of take it to a level that you don't always get to. Um, but in terms of a funny story, um, David, on the episode where you get, um, you know, injured, so you end up in a wheelchair, which I know you hated, <laughs> we uh, basically, David and I, tied together for that whole ceremony, and I don't know why I decided to play it in the back then, 
end, I, I, after that, I was like, oh, I'm never doing that again. It was like 16 hours in the back end, you know. It's like, this is really intelligent choice. But the funny thing about it was, it looked cool. Uh, and you actually were giving me massages in between, because I was like, I can't walk. I can't walk, this is terrible. But Dave and I uh, were belted, like we were wrapped really, really tightly together. And we hadn't really worked so much together, so we were right up against each other. And it was like, hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? You know, we're talking. And then what happened is they actually called lunch. And everybody left, and they forgot. <laughs> Me light myself on 
that uh, it, it, it it was when it was when Spike um, he is he is following you around and you've dumped me and I get drunk and fall asleep uh, outside and I'm only woken up by the sun and it's like right so and I I'm always fighting for trying to do as many stunts as I can and they were telling me like James you can't have that stunt that's the most dangerous stunt in Hollywood it's called a, a it's a Naked burn, which is to say that most of the time when they light a stuntman on fire, they light the clothes on fire. But when it's just the hand, there's not a lot of protection there. So what they do is they, they just they, they dump your hand in the in uh, protective fluid, and then you dump your hand in the fuel, and they light you on fire. And you have a very few seconds while that protective layer is burning off very quickly, and the timing is everything. Um, and idiot masters. I felt like, like it says I have four seconds. You have four seconds between the time you light one fire and the time you have to extinguish the fire. And I was thinking it would be funnier, like if, if Spike is waking up, and if, if, you know when you're waking up and you don't really know if you're dreaming, it takes you a while to figure out what's going on, and I'm like, hey, beautiful fire, man. <laughs> oh, oh, no! That would be funnier than quick. So I let it go for eight seconds, and I burn myself to a crisp. And luckily it was the last episode, uh, I was only in one episode that year, uh, it was four, episode, uh, season four, and so I remember coming off the set and like, the blisters are raising all over the land, and I'm just thinking, get off the set, like, don't tell them that you're hurt, uh, or they'll never let you do another stunt, so like, go to the hospital, go directly to the hospital, to get your own doctor kind of thing, and so, and like, it's the last episode, so everyone's like, gee! And I saw her foot, and instead of it coming like 
right hit, it was going way higher, and I was like, oh no. <laughs>
against you, like just seeing you out in the wild. Wow. 
Um, I'm just really, I'm, I'm really grateful that I was part of something that ended up mattering. Uh, I was one of them, and I'm, I'm, I'm just lucky that it happened, and that's all I got. Now, right there, you should put a break on, right? And I'm 
I do it, and then she that, she she grabs a whole team. <laughs> and I hear Really that good, and 
uh, one one episode I had to say bullocks, but the the American writer had spelled it bullocks, so I just said bullocks. The next day, Tony Head came up to me and goes, "Oh wow, we don't say it like that, you brats. I'm going to help you now." And, and Tony Tony tutored me by force for like six months, and he did not ask. He did not knock at the trailer. He would just walk into my trailer and we would sit down on the script and go over word for word until he was satisfied that I wasn't going to embarrass him back in England. And, and it got a lot better. I gotta say, without Tony, the topic would have killed me off. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, back there, you, you two are waving. 
Christian Slater, yes. Okay. Number seven. What is Buffy's home address? Who? 
If you've liked what you've heard, listen and subscribe to our other shows like No Applause, Just the Clap, PETA's and Honey Bunch's Pop Culture Spectacular, Fear Agents, and I Hate Kathy Hammond. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and www.bacnpodcast.com. Oh, yeah.